dedicated to trots racing. On winners, welcome to Gate Speed. Let's talk trots and what a massive program we've got set down Tabcourt Park Menangle on Saturday evening. We're going to preview with fixed odds all of the main races and there are a heap of them. Joining us, Blake Redden and also Jason Bonington. How are you guys? Yeah, good nards. It, it feels big, doesn't it, Bomb, when we just say we're throwing out the rundown. We do it, we do it live. We do it as it happens. Do it live! Yeah, we're doing it live. Oh, I so, have that um, thought every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, we're ignoring what's happened last week, yeah. and we're just going to focus all on Saturday. Night. Well, to be fair, we're not going to have a good guide on what we think this week if we completely ignore last week. If we <laughs> if we sort of passed out for most of the weekend and didn't see the qualification races True. for the big events on Saturday night at Tabcourt Park, Menangle, you are going to be at a pretty serious disadvantage. But we are going to look forward uh, rather than looking back, taking a positive attitude. Magnificent racing it is, and uh, I'm still in two minds about whether I'm going to get to Sydney. I'm really hoping that I can get there. Bakes, you've already you've already pulled the plug, but um, you'll be watching yeah, on no Sky Racing and, uh, and listening on RSN 97. But looking forward to getting stuck into these races and hopefully um, having a chat with Emma Stewart as well, Nats. Very good. Well, let's have a look at the first of the Group 1s. This is the second event on Saturday evening. It's for the Trotters, the Acklegate Trotters Mile, 1609. Now, the latest fixed odds, the ones that are single figures of the three, Wardan Destroyer, 310, Big Jack Hammer at 270, Tough Monarch is at $3.50. So the other fancy trio. Bakes? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think the most interesting part of this race is clearly what time they run. Whether they can back after, the, up. after them, it's mouldy time last year. Indeed, whether they can back up that uh, that track record time and and do something similar. Given uh, there's probably no Maori time here. Big Jack Hammer's a, a really promising horse, but she over a mile was at a different level probably hey. than these horses can claim to be. I'd yeah, I, I wouldn't be delving too heavily into this race other than to say, you know, Victorian uh, bias probably leans me towards Big Jack Hammer, the favourite. Good to see Enforce the Law there for Justin Tawney. Interested to see how it measures up at 100 to 1. But, um, yeah, I think Big Jack Hammer, status quo situation. I'll be going with Tough Monarch, I reckon. Oh, look, really? We, we, we've still got a little way to uh, delve into these these races. Yeah, my worries me. It yeah. does worry me a little bit. But the fact that he's on his home digs, the fact that um, I reckon there'll be some serious bit at the top end because people will have looked at this race last year when Maori time just led and ran along and wasn't able to be, you know, they didn't get anywhere near in the end. Even a horse like High Valley Blue didn't get too close. So I think they'll be trying to burst clear early and I'm hoping the tough Monarch can just mind his own business and just use that um, long, sustained turn of speed that he does have. I don't think they'll be running the same time as 12 months ago and I'm not sure this will lead to a direct invitation no. unless it's already been established for any of the big races in Europe. Uh, um, but I do think it's going to be a cracker way to start a cracker program, and I'll be leaning towards the local up there in New South Wales, number seven, Tough Monarch. We then go to the third. This is the New South Wales Pacing Oaks, and we've got an odds-on favourite here. Look, let's get to that. Number six, our Princess Tiffany, $1.55 currently with tab fixed odds, and the danger is uh, the 11 Kualoa at 3.20. It would be very surprising if one of the two didn't win. Uh, I guess... Uh... You know, you probably have to take a set one way or the other. I know uh, Michael Gearer on Sky Channel on Saturday night mentioned that Chris Alford had, had sort of said Kulo would just be winning her heat, that she was a level above those. We have a you know pretty strong form reference from the back end of last season when our Princess Tiffany controlled uh, the Breeders' Crown Series and uh, and looked on another level to Kulo. But uh, you could argue that, A, Princess Tiffany hasn't been as uh, impressive in New Zealand and, B, Kulo has come back particularly well. I will say, though, based on what she did on Saturday night, Princess Tiffany coming off and not entirely quick speed to run a 25-3 last quarter, uh, she's clearly 
you know, back to something like she was at the end of last season. And that suggests to me with the barrier draw and the weights all fall and she's the horse to beat. Again, I'm not sure I'm going to dive into the race. I think Miss Trizan's a good place bet at $3. She's got uh, all the early speed in the world, so I doubt they'll cross her. She'll be able to choose which one she wants to hand up to, and I think she can run a place at $3 a drum, but um, one of the top two will be winning. You can leave me in a Miss Trizan. I'll be saying uh, our Princess Tiffany pretty much a stone-cold certainty here. Really, does this happen... You know, thoroughbreds, um, harness racing, standard breads, no matter which way you look at it, two-year-old races at the top end, they get to a certain level and then you go to the three-year-old season and those horses don't maintain the pecking order the, the way that, you know, they did when they were two. Normally, there's some there's a horse that pops up that hasn't been seen as a juvenile and, and they enter the freight. That hasn't happened here. So we've got the four, the first four horses home in the Breeders' Crown Final, our Princess Tiffany, Kualoa, uh, Enchanted Stride and Tangling with Sierra, and I reckon they're the four, the top four elects here. There's only two winning chances. We've already outlined that, but I, I just, thought you were potting Princess Tiffany. Absolutely not. I'd, probably you sent me through a message saying she was the fastest horse in the country, and I sort of might, might have gone, I don't know about that, but I reckon that our Princess Tiffany, well, she was a level above Kualoa. The win in the Breeders' Crown was absolutely astonishing. Yes, she might have had a couple of runs there, there at Alexandra Park that were a little ho-hum by her standards, but the way she won on Saturday night and the fact she's drawn inside Kualoa, I just don't see how she doesn't win the race, and I think Kualoa should definitely be running second, but you're going to take Miss Trizan for a place, but I'd probably be sticking more around. I'd say Tangoing with Sierra is probably the best of them. We're not going to do a review, but we must say Zach Phillips' drive on Tangoing with Sierra was outstanding last weekend. Not his first either. Mm, okay, uh, well, let's have a look at race number four. This is the Ladyship Mile. Uh, we've got number two, Our Dream About Me, at 170. 440, Carlos Pixel. And then we're down to Tell Me Tales at 550. Go it's on, Bond. You, yeah, you want to go? It's a bit heartbreaking here because I thought the Tell Me... I, in fact, I'm, I'm 100% certain Tell Me Tales is the best mare in Australasia. And I feel that she absolutely stone-cold confirmed that on Saturday night with what was a staggeringly easy win in the Robin Dundee. Turns up here... Sadly, with the visitors draw outside the front, she's got reasonable gate speed, but it's very, very hard to win races from out there. Over the short course trip, if it was over a little bit further, it was over the 2,400, then, of course, you'd say, well, I'd be saying that Tell Me Tales couldn't get beaten here. I'm wary of the fact that things are going to be hard, and that's why she's drifted out to $5. I am tipping her on top, though. I just think she is in the zone, and she's the horse that's still going on the way up, whereas Our Dream About Me has had a really long, fractured campaign. Her performance on Saturday night was very good. She breezed, she hit the front, and she only got run down by Tell Me Tales and has the barrier draw advantage, but she also doesn't have brilliant early speed, and there's a chance that she'll be crossed early on. I thought maybe the one to back a place here at, at relatively big odds might be Art's Treasure. Share the Road, though, was very good. Carlos Pixel, we know, is going to turn up here fresh after a wonderful win in the Ladyship Cup. So, really, I think it's established there's three A-grade mares in this race. Tell Me Tales, Our Dream About Me and Carlos Pixel. And even from the shocking draw, I'm sticking fat with TMT. You yeah, bakes? I, I sort of don't like agreeing with you that often, particularly when it's at value, but... I don't think there's going to be many getting her way when she tries to go to the breeze. I think that, you know, pretty much uh, if she wants to go forward, tell me tells a lot of them will be in a reverse at the start. And, you know, I know she was on the pegs on Saturday night, but I wouldn't be surprised if she could park out and win in 149. So if they can run, you know, quicker than 149 and change, then good luck to them. But $5.50 seems a good price. Okay, so 550 looks a, a good bet at this stage. Well, we've got a uh, leading trainer, uh, Emma Stewart, joining us. Um, and, of course, Emma's got a, a really strong hand in this year's New South Wales derby. How are you, Emma? Hi, 
I'm well, thank you. And look, it's nice to go into a, a feature race like this uh, with so many bullets. Uh, you've got a fair few runners lining up in the derby this year. Yeah, we do. We haven't fared too, too well with the draws. We've got one good draw. So, um, you know, fingers crossed we've got the, the numbers to sort of bring home the derby. Emma, we'll go on to the Derby and the Miracle Mole in just a moment. We've covered off on a couple of races here, and you've got runners in both, leading chances in both. First of all, we'll go to the New South Wales Oaks. Cool Lowell was arrogant, really, on Saturday night. She just um, she just handed them an absolute evisceration, really. But our Princess Tiffany was also very, very good in draws inside you. Has Cool Lower, we look back to the Breeders' Crown as the obvious form reference between these two. Has Cool Lower improved to the level where you believe she can beat our Princess Tiffany this Saturday night? Yeah, I think so. You know, the draw is going to make it awfully hard because um, our Princess Tiffany was, was ultra-impressive. So it's going to make it hard, but she's definitely uh, stepped it up a little bit. You know, I'm not sure how much the other one has. So, um, you know, it's going to be hard, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't count her out. Tell me tales, Emma. We've been speaking about her a little bit already. Uh, I guess the big question is she is versatile. Does she need to be up, uh, up on speed given she's unlikely to lead, or are you happy for her to be coming from off speed in the Ladyship Mile? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to become the speed. You know, that's sort of going to have to be left up for Chris to see how much speed's on early. So, like you said, she's pretty versatile. So she doesn't have to breathe, but if she has to, I think she can still win. But, um, you know, coming off a trail, she's also very quick as well. So, you know, um, that's her advantage. She's quite versatile. I've got a fairly significant pre-post investment, Emma. I want confidence from you. I got... It sort of knocks you around a little bit when you see the draw. How much did it knock you around? Did you start to think, oh, geez, like this is going to be really, really hard? Or were you sort of looking back at Saturday night and thinking, well, we know she's the best mare in Australasia and the best mare normally wins this race. Are you, sort of, are you still bullish with confidence or have you been knocked around a fair way by that horror draw? I was knocked around when they first came out because, <laughs> you know, we got dealt a fair few bad draws. So I don't know whether yep. I felt as bad about hers because... Um, I do agree with you. I think she is the best mare going around. So, um, yeah, I'm still pretty confident. All right, we need to try and sort through the derby runners, Emma. There's five of them to get through here. Yeah, well, uh, that's going to be tough, but we'll try our best. Centenario's clearly been the stable pick from, uh, well, probably for the last 12 months, if not longer. Hurricane Harley, I think a lot of people looked at his run uh, on Saturday night and said, uh, if he does it all right, he's, he's clearly still well in the mix. Are they the clear two leading hopes? I mean... Demon Delight's a world record breaker Demon on the weekend Delight as well. Came off cover and was uh, unbelievable. Rank, rank him up for us, Emma, please. Uh, I hate ranking him. I'll rank Centenario uh, 1, Hurricane Harley 2, Demon Delight, Hard Hitter, and Four Big Men. For somebody who hates doing it, Em, you've just done it spectacularly well. You've signed the major number. I, I, you, know, you, you know my opinion of Hurricane Harley, and I still think that under the right circumstances, if he was totally switched on, that he'd still be the one to beat. Uh, first of all, just from a speed map perspective, I'm not sure how much you've looked at it yet. Uh, Fields only came out uh, just recently. Do you reckon Centenario is overwhelmingly likely to be able to hold up if he if he comes out of one, as we expect, with the emergency drawn gate one? Yeah, I think so. He's got good gate speed, and um, he's quite versatile as well. So, you know, if things go wrong and he doesn't happen to lead, you know, he can come off speed, and, and he's quite good off speed. So um, I think he's got speed to hold up, though, and um, Hurricane Harley's run was super last week and I think having a run up there last week will help him more for this week because he sort of is a bit of a character and he carries on a little bit so now that he's used to the track um, I think that'll definitely help him a lot more this week He's obviously a horse as you say he's, he, he's got a bit of character he's done things wrong is there anything you can pinpoint is it going to a new track for, for the first time I mean the Vic Bread 
final. He'd obviously already been to Melton when he galloped, and I think he galloped at Maryborough maybe on debut. Uh, he's galloped again on Saturday night. Is there anything you can pinpoint, or is it just, just who he is? Not really. I think he's just a bit of a smart aleck, and um, <laughs> he likes to turn it on when he can. So it uh, depends what sort of mood he wakes up in. So hopefully he wakes up on the right side of the bed on Saturday. And before we finish up with the derby and get on to Poster Boy and the Miracle Mile, Demon Delight, obviously, we knew from a fair way back, I remember, I reckon it was before the Horse of the Year Awards, it had only been a few days before that when Demon Delight came out at start number two or three and when sub 153 at Tabcourt Park Melton. And from there, we were all hearing how good Demon Delight's going to be. Went to the Victoria Derby, clearly wasn't 100% the real Demon Delight. Were you surprised at just how incredibly well he went on Saturday night? And how's he come through the run? Because he and Muscle Factory obviously turned it up. I know he had a bit of cover in the run, but people who say that makes you know much difference, I'm not sure about because he's had to run spectacular time. Were you surprised and how's he come through the run? Yes, I was surprised. Um, <laughs> he's sort of, uh, he's not the best track worker at home. He always works okay. Um, that's sort of the same as Hurricane Harley. Um, so I was a bit surprised because, you know, they were running at a good clip and um, hard to just over race a little bit too much. So for him to come off the speed and to, like, put a gap on him, you know, he was pretty impressive. And, and he's come through the run good and um, everything's looking pretty positive for him as well. Poster boy in the Miracle Mile, Emma. Uh, it's it's probably a bit of an odd Miracle Mile, really. There's no Lazarus. There's no Soho Tribeca. There is still good open-class horses. Tiger Tara, is he suited over a mile? We're not sure the fixer. But I guess things have sort of fallen pretty well for you with Poster Boy having that extra week in between runs and drawing the pole marking draw as well? Yeah, it has. You know, we're excited to be in the race and to draw one's probably an extra bonus. Um, so, yeah, no, we're really happy to be in the run. Last one, Em. It's a funny sort of a miracle mile. Normally you look at the miracle mile and you can see where all the early speed is and you go, you, you'll ping to the front, you'll go around to the breeze. This isn't a race where you've got a Hector JJ or one of the, um, the, the Shane and Lauren Tritton runners should just fly the arm. Um, poster boy, I expect as a four-year-old, might be best driven with cover. But now that he's drawn the pole on a, on a front line or an only line without any devastating speed, how much work will go in between yourself and Clayton and Chris Alford in terms of determining how much you'd like to hold the front if it turns out he is in front after the first 150 metres? Yeah, that's sort of going to be up to Chris. I agree, I think he's better with cover, but if you happen to lob the front and you can get a, a, a sort of economical trip, you know, you definitely want to be there as well. So it's really tricky. You're like, one, everyone wants to draw one, and when I drew it, I was like, oh, you, you sort of, you hope he holds up, and then you're not sure if you want to burn too early. So it's a little bit tricky. So, uh, you know, he can hold up if he wants to, but, you know, that's all going to have to be up to Chris. And the very last question, Emma, tell us how good Mac, da- Mac Dan is you taking up for the sapling stakes. Yeah, I really like Mac Dan. You know, he's, uh, he's a lovely little racehorse. He's quite versatile as well. He can lead and he can come off speed. So, uh, yeah, he's a lovely little racehorse. All right, Em, very much appreciate you joining us here on Gatespeed. Very good luck, especially with Tell Me Tales and Hurricane Harley, but for all of your horses going around on Saturday night. Thank you very much. There she is, Emma Stewart. What a busy night she's got, and she's bound to walk away with at least one feature. Let's have a look at this market for the New South Wales Pacing Derby, and we've got Centenario at 260, Muscle Factory 360, Hurricane Harley at $4.20. Uh, then we go down to... Look, I'm another masterpiece. The Emergency is given a good hope here at $8.50. Uh, and Varad at 7 and Demon Delight at 8 I think the big question is what happens early here, because I I probably don't share Emma's confidence that Centenario has the speed to lead. I think... Mm. They'll certainly be coming out uh, humming Muscle Factory. Max Delight might even take his shot from out wide on the track. So 
it, it probably all depends how it shakes out after 250 metres. If Centenario's in the right spot, he's probably the horse to beat. Um, if, if he gets, you know, locked away on the inside, then I guess you probably lean towards Muscle Factory, given how big he went on the weekend. But... Um, yeah, we'll know more after the first couple of hundred metres, I think. We will. It's very difficult to bet then. Uh, there's three runners, though, who I think are probably the key chances. I think Demon's a lot as well as he went. I think the draw is going to make life extremely hard for him. Lock and Varad just keeps having a horror run with barrier draws. Despite winning a qualifier, I think life's going to be hard for him. I think Centenario, Muscle Factory and Hurricane Harley. And I, I note they've already backed Hurricane Harley in from 480 to 420. And I think that move is... He's got that devastating speed. Amanda Turnbull took off... Um, she had to take off at some point, but I think down the back there at Menangle, he made up tremendous ground, but I'm not sure it was the right time. Could have probably waited for the straight line speed. And I reckon if he's able to get into a spot, a striking position, they carve each other up a bit early. Centenario and Muscle Factory have a battle for the early lead and they run a fast lead time and then maybe keep rolling from there. That Hurricane Harley's devastating speed... I believe will prove lethal, but he does have to have his mind on the job. It's all good to be a rat bag, but you've got to turn up on uh, on race day in the Group 1 races and get it done. He did do that, of course, in one of the two major features last season, and hopefully he can do it in the New South Wales Derby on Saturday Night Nuts. Exactly. Well, let's have a look at the Bohemia Crystal free-for-all. This is race six, and we've got number... One can't refuse at six nine fifty for Hale Christian the second emergency seven fifty cash and flow uh, nine dollars for Elmer's Image San Carlo at seven we're looking at Ashley Lokaz who's at three thirty the fave four sixty our Uncle Sam uh, nine fifty for Buster Brady let it ride the first emergency is at six and Major Dan at six gee there's a few chances here. We're running out of time here for because we're going to get the miracle mold done so I'm just going to I'm just going to stick with my two boys here San Carlo. And Buster Brady, and they've both been back. But you sent you sent a message through. I just didn't have. I was didn't have the time or the space to get on at those big odds. But um, San Carlo and Buster Brady, the best value options still for mine. Yeah, no arguments. Well, let's look at the Miracle Mile. It's race number seven, the big one, the feature. We've got Poster Boy three ninety. Favorite is the Fixer with the tab at three fifty. Chase Auckland at four. Uh, down to Spankham at six fifty. Tiger Tara is at four dollars and fifty cents, guys. I'll just give you my Matt Bakes because I, I just think that Poster Boy eventually, and it, it almost Emma almost explained this. They're going to run out with Poster Boy, mm. but eventually something is going to put pressure on. I reckon I know who's going to lead. I reckon it'll be the Fixer. I was going to say Spankham. Yeah, I reckon Spankham's going to... I've got a funny feeling Poster Boy, The Fixer, and Chase Auckland will all come out at the same speed, and that will create a situation that will be very hard for Spankham to get across. And I reckon if The Fixer's able to boot through, I think they would believe that The Fixer is their best horse in the race. And uh, he did defeat Tiger Tara, of course. He was unstoppable prior to that in a qualifier on Saturday night. And I reckon if he gets to the top, Poster Boy's behind the leader. I reckon the breeze... Spankham will roll forward I get and get into a beautiful spot. I reckon 1-1 because Tiger Tara will eventually have to roll around and occupy the breeze. They are not going to go, in my opinion, sub-47 like they did last year. It's going to be a slower miracle mile. Yeah. And it's, it's a lower quality miracle mile. It has to be said probably than 12 months ago. But... Ultimately, I think if the gap's open for Poster Boy, he'll have the favours here to win the race, but I reckon Spankham uh, would be my other, probably nearly equal top tip. Yeah, it's a very hard race to bet into. The one thing I will say, and I I know I'm I'm definitely a Chase Auckland sympathiser, I don't think he's the kind of horse that the mum and dad punters will be piling into, so it's very interesting to me that he's 450 into $4. If that market support continues, I'd say it's pretty smart money. 
It's a he's a high profile. He, yeah, he, yeah, with, with those who are really dedicated to, the, to to harness racing, Chase Auckland was considered the best three year old in the golden generation before he went out with injury. So, yeah, is that are you just making a social commentary there, or are you actually tipping Chase Auckland? I can't work it out. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be having a bet in the race personally. So. Well. I will be, but um, <laughs> I can't help myself, Nards. I, I look, it's, I know. It's, it's going to be a magnificent miracle, Mole. That's one thing we know, and we will, of course, as we always do, be supporting the Victorians, and I reckon the best Victorian chance, it will has to be post a boy from the pole mark and draw the four-year-old. So which which one of you guys, again, has got a berth heading up to Sydney? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, one's, one. no one's got a berth, unfortunately. Oh. We're bo- we've, we've both been balloted, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, the, uh, I'm going for a wild card, like an all-star mile type wild card nomination. Like he might go up. Oh, he, Blake, this is going to be good throughout <laughs> the week as we go forward. Now, Blake's saying I definitely won't go up. I'm saying I'm a better than two dollars, like I'm a shorter than two dollar chance. So, uh, what's this revelation? This You've gone to every other feature race around Australasia. Which is which is why I have to go to this one as well. So, I, think um, so. I don't know why Blake um, we'll is playing we'll this talk game. About it on we'll Tuesday we'll next monitor week. it during the week. <laughs> good on you guys. Thanks, Nat. Always a pleasure. Talk tomorrow. See ya. There's Blake Redden and. Jason Bonington. What price do you reckon Jace is going?